0: what is up everyone and welcome to the raised a geek podcast where geek is all we speak we have a packed show this week including the trailer for venom 2 is here and we have a lot of thoughts and of course everything that we're geeking out on this week and by we i mean chris
1: and don
0: let's go Welcome back! Another rainy, rainy Saturday for both of us. So definitely don't mind being indoors. What's going on, man?
1: Chris, what is happening today, my man? You are right. Rainy, kind of crappy day outside. Apparently in Texas and Illinois, both. Uh, a lot of a lot of times we'll have different kind of weather going on. It'll be snowing here and like feel like summer for you. But today we're we're uh. We're sharing the same environment, same atmosphere, not can't really do much outside, but that's okay. It just makes it a perfect day to do the podcast.
0: Perfect, perfect excuse to lay around and watch some movies. And if you're just turning us on right now, you need to probably pause us and go watch some Spider-Man movies, because this week we are going to talk all about Spider-Man movies in honor of the Venom 2 trailer watching. And if you have a rainy day, well, I guess it's Wednesday when you're listening, so none of that matters, but you might have a rainy rainy day. (laughs) If it's raining Wednesday, everyone's working from home, put on some Spider-Man movies and listen to us talk about them. Yeah,
1: surprise everyone. Uh, We didn't let you know in the beginning, but this is our uh, Spider-Man episode. We are going to be diving into uh, probably our favorite fictional character. If not, he's definitely in the top three or five, I would imagine, for both of us. So who doesn't love themselves from Spider-Man? And Venom definitely gets you thinking about Spider-Man. They're always connected. So that's, that's what we are up to this week.
0: Yeah, so it should be a good show. But you know what? Let's just jump into it, man. Let's Ooh, small yeah. talk be damned. Let's jump in. Let's hit the business first. Make sure you are liking, subscribing, following, commenting, reviewing all this podcast on all social media and podcast services. We're over on Twitter at Raise the Geek and shoot us an email with any questions, comments, concerns at raise the at gmail dot com. So make sure you hit us up with those five stars so we can talk about you on the show in a good way, hopefully. Hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you never know. You never know. We get some haters, you know, that's just ah, how it
1: goes. Hate, haters are just part of your journey, man. Haters are just part of the
0: journey. It's true. It's true. <laughs> it's true. So we didn't have a lot this week. We kind of, you know, we I know last week we mentioned we'd talk about zombies, but I think we decided to kind of roll our zombie talk up next week with the Army of Dead when we're actually able to see it. We thought we were going to be able to watch it this weekend and really be able to tie all that in together. We were not. It's in theaters. I'm not going to go see that movie in theaters. It's going to be on Netflix next week. So we're going to watch that one next week and hopefully be able to at least get some impressions on it, whether or not it's two and a half hours long. We'll see if we can finish it in time.
1: Yeah, Army Army of the Dead wasn't going to be the film that was going to pop my uh, theater cherry back (laughs) or however you want to say it. But, I mean, I do want to see it, but, you know, the announcement of it being just a week later on Netflix, like, why wouldn't I just wait? So, that's well, what we're going to do.
0: And now, Disney's already announced that, like, Shang-Chi is 45 days before yeah, it. I heard, I,
1: I heard that. I saw that. Now,
0: they didn't let us know if that means it's going to be on Disney Plus for streaming, if it's going to be $20 to rent it, or 30 through Disney Premiere. They gave us no details in that. But does that change your mind with Shang Chi? Do you think that's going to be a theater one for you, or do you think you might want to wait the 45 days? Now, doing this show, I don't think we're going to be able to wait 45 days. But come on. no,
1: I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure Shang Chi is going to be me going to the theater. Like I'm, I'm almost to the point now where I'm still, I'm still considering will Black Widow be a theater thing. Uh, I used to be strictly of the mind that I was going to be Disney Plus on that, but like I'm going back and forth, especially our conversation we've been having about it. Like, am I more excited for Black Widow now? Do I want to go to the theater? Maybe I do. So that might even be the first one. But Shang Chi definitely, I think, uh, is is worth the theater trip and the price of a ticket. So I'm not worried about that one.
0: Yeah, I agree, and I'm almost positive <clears throat> at this rate, unless you know we have a backslide of cases or something. But me being fully vaccinated and The CDC now saying throw away your mask. The pandemic is over. So, I mean. Yeah, man, you can walk
1: around. We can walk around maskless everywhere. We're both fully vaccinated. We can, uh, we've said it before, go breathe on whoever you want and take it all in. Indoors, outdoors doesn't seem to matter anymore, I guess. I guess
0: guess it's over. So (laughs) congratulations to everybody listening. We made it through. It's over regardless of how you feel about it. (laughs) Woo! Yeah. We survived. So sit inside and watch some Spider-Man movies. There you go uh where were we going with that but yeah that's an interesting news and notes there with disney plus hitting that so the biggest news that came out this week was guardians of the galaxy news surprisingly both dave bautista the star of the guardians of the galaxy movie as drax the destroyer and the writer director james gunn both basically said in no uncertain terms that the team will change following volume three of guardians of the galaxy so when we go when we come out of volume three of guardians of the galaxy here, and I think what's at 2023 when that one comes out. Yeah. The team will not be together anymore or don't expect a volume four with this same lineup. So if they made a guardians of the galaxy four, we're looking at a completely different characters at this point. So does that news surprise you just an overall, does you you want to see more than just the third one. Does it hurt the third one knowing this so far in advance?
1: Uh, I don't know if it, hurts it any i think it'll still be a sought after movie for fans of volume one and volume two i'll i'm still definitely going to go in with the mindset of it like a not not worrying about what's going to happen beyond volume three just go to enjoy it as its own you know property um but i mean we did kind of touch on this before we kind of always thought that volume three was going to be the end of whatever story they're telling with that group and like james gunn a while back has already said that his vision is this trilogy. It's volume one, two, and three. So whatever Disney decides to do with the property after volume three is, you know, we always kind of expected it to be new. Now, these two both saying, saying it out loud kind of puts a little more weight behind that. It's not so much a theory, but it's more, you know, leaning towards fact now, but, I personally always thought that volume three was kind of going to kind of be the end of it anyway. And, uh, Dave Batista saying this might be the last we see a Drax, so we kind of touched on last episode. I thought it was going to be the last of everybody almost whether the characters, you know, die in the movies or move on to do other things. I just kind of thought it was going to be the end of their story, you know? So I don't know. The, the news doesn't really like shock me or anything. Uh, I just find it interesting that they're talking about it now, but who knows? Uh, what, what what are your thoughts on everything you've heard from them?
0: Yeah, it? I mean, sometimes I always wish these media endless media cycles would end. You know, like, we hear way too much, way too, we no. shouldn't hear about casting. We shouldn't hear about ideas. When we get into The Venom 2, I have an interesting thing that I saw looking through a cast list, trying to see if Michelle Williams is actually in this movie, and saw yeah. someone triggered down in that bottom in that cast list that made me go, hmm is what is that gonna mean and i'm gonna spoil it for you guys when we get to teaser. teaser 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 <laughs> um but uh, you know it makes sense these characters you know when you're coming out of avengers end game you know gamora's dead
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know we had that different times you know zone not time zone what is it multiverse different universe gamora running around at the end but gamora's dead you know right. uh man i'm getting all these names wrong space lord star star please, star- man my brain feels all foggy Yeah, <laughs> but Close you know it's like where, where does that character go i mean it can chase down this gamora but it's not his gamora so where do, where do you fall with that you know a lot of these characters i think they are going to hit their 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 wall pretty quick and yeah. realistically when you come back down to who's really starting this which is batista He really has moved on and really has gotten some big roles kind of coming out of this MCU stint. And it's really opened a lot of doors for him that I would have never imagined opening for him. And he's really been able to run and ride that wave. So I don't really blame him for being done with this role. I mean, it is a one note role. As he said, he never he wanted to see the Destroyer and he's not getting to be the Destroyer. He's comedic relief
1: yeah he his original Drax's purpose was to kill Thanos and guess what he didn't get to kill Thanos so like what really more can you do with him uh I've seen stuff out there that like his story also started because Thanos supposedly killed his wife and daughter but then there's talk now that like the daughter's still alive or I don't know if they touched on that in uh one of those last two Avengers movies like they let us know that but that might be a way to wrap his story and And he's also said, I I thought I saw something from him that he would like to see the character of Drax continue, but he's all for like a recast, Mm -hmm. like a different actor getting a shot at Drax, which would be fine. I mean, I know we have this thing in our head where these, uh, these characters can only be one person, but guess what? There's going to be another Iron Man movie someday. Like they're not just going to let that franchise be done, uh, Robert Downey Jr. was in what, nine, ten movies. I mean, he had to be done, but they're going to, they're going to find a way to do more Iron Man. So like recasting shouldn't be off the table. I know we as fans hold the actors close and like, don't want to see anybody else play whatever, but I mean, the stories have to go on and Disney's got to make their money and they're going to, so that's another way it could work. I don't know.
0: Yeah. So it's, It's going to be interesting to see what other news kind of came out revolving around Dave Bautista was that he's was cast in Knives Out 2. So, I mean, he's got Doom coming up. He was in Blade Runner. He was in James Bond. Now he's in Knives Out 2. These are very high profile roles. A lot of times he's kind of smaller, but I mean, he's been busy and it's been a surprising, you know, obviously he's not the first wrestler, professional wrestler to try to be an actor, but he's really starting to catch up to the rock in terms of, yeah, he's not a full leading man, but he's a name now. And we've watched, you know, Hulk Hogan, Stone Cold Steve Austin, they've all tried. And then you have smaller guys that have tried and, you know, they make their movies and yeah, you what say what you want about suburban commando with Hulk Hogan, but <laughs> you know, that was a movie and it made some money and did its thing, but it never went to these heights where, you know, big name directors want to you keep working with, bautista i mean he worked with uh dennis i'm never gonna be able to say that last name because it's french Villeneuve or something for uh okay. blade runner right and then he brought him right over to dune and he's probably going to keep working with him as we continue through this uh his career so now it makes me wonder is what the movie that really took him and put him on a pedestal a rocket ship whatever you want to do it i guess no pun intended but with James Gunn with Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, Batista was a very kind of wild card out of nowhere casting for this movie going, what? And the majority of people are like, the wrestler, really? This is who's in this movie? And then he just completely knocked it out of the park with that character and that role and his, his dry sense of humor and his comedic timing. And once again, kind of reminds you a lot of The Rock that he can kind of do a lot. He's following that trajectory. So do you think, We'll find out this year, but do you think James Gunn with his upcoming Suicide Squad movie, do you think he's going to be able to do the same for John Cena, who is once again, he's trying to break into Hollywood and somewhat he's been around, but he's kind of had two big movies and Fast and the Furious 9 and Suicide Squad delayed a year. So we'll start seeing here in June, how his performance is received in Fast 9. But by the end of the summer, do you think, you know, John Cena will be the next wrestler that might actually get that rocket ship strapped to him?
1: I mean, he definitely has the opportunity in front of him to do it, uh, especially with him following kind of, like you said, the same path as Dave Batista. I don't know what it is about James Gunn, but uh, maybe he's like the wrestler to actor whisperer right. guy. Uh, I mean, if, if from the just trailers in Suicide Squad, the Peacemaker character seems like he's going to be pretty charismatic and probably be the funny, the funny guy in there, kind of similar to what Drax was in Guardian, so we'll see uh john cena i could see it him him breaking through i mean he's had his couple movies um there was one i definitely didn't see because it didn't look like something i would enjoy but didn't he have a movie recently where he was like a parent of like teenage girls and then there were like other parents wasn't there some movie like yeah that? it was I mean, cock blockers yeah there you go cock blockers <laughs> yeah i i know he was in that and i didn't i didn't see that but that's you know hollywood movie and i did see train wreck with amy schumer did you ever see that movie
0: i no. don't watch the judd apathone movies
1: okay well they're too I, long <laughs> they are they are very long that is the thing with them but I, I i'll put those on some of them most of them and that one just like crossed my plate and i did watch and he's in that movie with a small role and he is actually very funny in that movie uh he's like one of the actual bright spots of that movie which i didn't care for but uh So, yeah, I mean, I could see him being the next guy and it's a very short list, like you said, of wrestlers who can do this. They're like him, Batista and him seem to be the two that could do it, like follow the Dwayne Johnson path of a wrestler who, I mean, you got to go back and remember when Dwayne Johnson started making movies, people were looking at him the same way, like a wrestler like, the, come on, Scorpion King or something like that was one of his first roles. And people are like, this is crazy. And not to say that movie was, you know, anything profound, but he just kept at it uh, and and started getting, you know, the smaller ensemble roles first. Kind of like what Dave Bautista did, like the small ensemble roles. And he just kind of like had the standout performances. And then little by little, he just kept progressing. And now look at him. He's like probably one of the most well-known actors in Hollywood, if not the most well-known actors and actor in Hollywood, like you you can truly say that about them. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I could, I could see, I could see Suicide Squad and Fast movie being like the launching pad for John Cena to get up to that level. Dave is already kind of on that level and just rising, rising, rising. So yeah, I don't know. What what do you think about it?
0: Yeah, I, I agree with what you said, man. I'm really interesting to see. I don't know if either one can touch Dwayne Johnson as to where he is like that's just I think that's once in a lifetime type yeah story you know and that's why that he has a sitcom talking about that story on NBC which (laughs) just got renewed for a second season I've only watched the first episode because it's a sitcom but being a wrestling fan I'm interested in that and it's crazy even when you go back and watch see highlights or best of WWE stuff in the rocks there, you're just like, what was he doing here? <laughs> like it just doesn't like the wrestling thing was such a short window. You know, he only did that for a handful of years. And yeah. just that idea of like what seeing where he is now, it just seems like it's it's almost unbelievable. You can barely imagine that he did that and was so big yeah. at that. And just being so successful, most people barely are successful in one field, let alone to be the top of anything that you try. Right
1: which was like weird when I still watched wrestling which I've talked about before like I I don't watch it like I once did but like I still remember seeing him come back when he was in Hollywood like he's already out making his movies and he'd make his appearances coming back to like just do one match at Wrestlemania and stuff and just like seeing him and being like now it looks weird now he's like the movie guy what's he doing back in the in the ring I mean I'm sure he'll never do that again he doesn't need to and well never say never but he doesn't need to do that anymore, but I still remember like he was the star of you know movies like The Rundown. He was even big back then. He's huge now, but even seeing him back then I was like, what? What? He was a wrestler. I don't remember him as as like a wrestler. Really, he's a he's the big movie star now.
0: Well, and now we actually hit a generation that doesn't know he was a wrestler or knows right. he was a wrestler but never weren't around to see it because he had experience it, right. and stuff that there are people who only know Dwayne Johnson as Dwayne Johnson and don't know who the rock is, <laughs> which is crazy. Yeah. I think
1: That is true. Like he, he doesn't even really use the rock name anymore, except on like his social medias. I think he's still the rock, but it's just a nickname now. It used to be his name. I remember a time when hearing him called Dwayne Johnson sounded weird. I was like, that's the rock. But now when people say that's the rock, I was like, you mean Dwayne Johnson?
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: it's a weird switch but that's crazy
0: it, it, yeah it, it's that was a crazy one and i'd be interested i think john cena does have the charisma to mm-hmm. touch those leading man levels but yeah i just don't it's just he's got to get see if he can catch the same breaks that uh the rock did which who knows but we'll see if james gunn can strike magic twice
1: yeah we'll we'll, we'll get more into it after we see suicide squad in august and see how his performance is and like probably be able to Dive in a little more on it once we uh, see what he does.
0: Yeah, I definitely would love to see a little bit more uh, from John Cena outside of, you know, Daddy's Home too. Yeah. That's about where my extent is outside of his little action movies. Um, yeah, right. as, you know, 12 Rounds or something. I think he did 12 Rounds. I forgot that was a thing. Yeah, like the Marine, 12 Rounds, a couple <laughs> little first movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which are fine, but they just are what they are. All right, man, let's jump into some coming attractions. Uh This week, we didn't kind of lean on the trailers, but one trailer that really stuck out to me, um, I don't know if you had a chance to watch it yet, was The Green Knight. This was a trailer that I saw last year and got super excited for, and then, of course, pandemic pushed this movie, forgot it existed. All of a sudden, this week, I was looking at trailers, and it popped up, and I said, oh, yeah, but this time, it was a full trailer, and really seeing what this movie is, and this movie just looks crazy to me. It's an A24 studios film so it's kind of like hereditary midsummer they're known for their kind of artsy horror and this one definitely falls down the artsy territory and uh this story is actually based on a king arthur legend so it's basically sir Gawain and the green knight which is a uh, king arthur thorian which i didn't read I don't know anything about it, but I'm seeing lots of stuff pop up now, basically saying, here, look, this is the story. This obviously looks like it's going to be a little bit more of a fantastical version of this story. Um, but what did you think of this trailer, just first impressions?
1: Uh, I mean, it looks cool. I, I didn't even know about it. I, I had never heard anything about it till I saw like a headline online or something about it and uh, didn't even think to watch the trailer till you sent over a link with it saying, you know, this might be the movie to get me back in theaters. I'm like, well, if he thinks it's that good, I got to definitely check it out. And yeah, it looks cool, man. It looks um, like you said, like a fantasy based. uh, I like that kind of stuff like fantasy based. You get a Lord of the Rings kind of game of Thrones kind of feel with the, the sets and the swords and armor and like the medieval kind of feel mixed in with, um, like the 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 creature in that trailer looked really cool the one that you know
0: like a swamp thing
1: yeah he kind of like repre- looks like swamp thing a little bit that's like a good way of thinking of it so uh, i like that actor i think his name's dev patel yeah right?
0: got dev patel is in it uh joel edgerton looks like he's mm-hmm. playing uh he just says lord here on the list so i don't know who joel edgerton is um, he's playing the enough. lord he's playing the lord yeah i'm looking <laughs> at the names and it's like yeah, Dev yeah. Patel is playing Gowen. and then you have uh, Alicia Vikander, who I believe played uh, Lara Croft in the newest Tomb Raider reboot. She's playing oh, Lady,
1: and Joel right. Edgerton um,
0: playing Lord, and Sarita Chandri is playing Mother. Sean Harris is yeah. playing King. You're just like, "Huh, oh, you guys.
1: Yeah, generic, generic names. Yeah, blindfolded uh, woman. <laughs> yeah. No man, like I say, it looks cool, and I'm a fan of um, A24. So most of what they put out. I I always want to give a chance to. Um, you already mentioned some of them, you know, The Witch, Midsummer, The Lighthouse, Ex Machina, uh, fantastic movie. So this is another movie by them. So it definitely has my interest. It's grabbed my interest. I don't know if it would be me going to the theater to see that one. When did you say the
0: release date is? I think it's around. I think it's. I want to say it's July. Okay, so I yeah, think it's some... around black widow time yeah
1: okay yeah who knows it might might be a trip to the theater for me but yeah it definitely looks cool what do you think
0: yeah i like i said i i see a24 and then my eyebrows go up yeah and then like i said i like that artsy i like when a trailer doesn't give you everything I like when you just see flashes of just craziness on the screen, mixed with the no, just weird noises that A twenty four is known for. Um, that brisk horror fantasy type. What is going on in this trailer makes me want to see a movie, as opposed to when you just give me everything, then I just like, why am I even going to watch this movie? So I I do get nervous with trailers, but this one had all the hit all the right beats to uh, pique my curiosity without spoiling anything and now knowing it's based on an actual story I just have to stay away from the actual story maybe pay more maybe read it or look into it after the fact but I'd really like to go in and see what this interpretation of it is and then see where the where their inspiration came from yeah for sure but I'm down I was down last year I'm more down now seeing a little bit more uh, but the big movie that came out was we finally I got a text from you I think on Sunday rumor has it. Venom 2 tra- trailers dropping tomorrow. And literally 12 hours later, I woke up and there it was. The Venom 2 trailer is finally here. I was able to give it a watch um, a couple times. And I got lots to say about it because it was what it was. But um, <laughs> what, one of the things I enjoyed is when I watched the trailer for the first time, it just said Venom 2. And so watching the trailer and seeing the reveal of the subtitle, you know, let there be carnage. Was a really cool way to experience. Like I did not know that that was, or I didn't remember that that was going to be like the subtitle for the movie. So seeing that unveiled after the trailer was kind of really cool and gave me like, oh, that's cool. And then afterwards, I saw everybody like change their headline to Venom Two instead of they changed it from Venom Two to Venom Let There Be Carnage. So then mm-hmm. it's kind of new going in. So I, it was fun to watch it early enough that they didn't change the title of the YouTube video.
1: Yeah, I don't. That's weird because I feel like I knew it was called Let It Be Let There Be Carnage before. I don't know where I saw that or knew that from, but um strange. I feel I like
0: know. I knew that too, but for whatever reason watching it, I forgot. Oh okay. Venom two Venom Two just I mean, yeah, I'm interested, but it's not high on my
1: Yeah, well, all, I guess. Tell tell me what you thought about the trailer right. then.
0: So we're gonna go into this trailer in a little bit of detail. So if you haven't watched it yet, definitely go watch it. Um, This trailer has a terrible opening. (laughs) I've watched it now twice. The opening of Eddie Brock and having Venom cook for him while they sing, while Venom is singing, is a terrible opening that is so manic and all over the place. I know they wanted to show something funny. It was not funny. And it was just manic chaos. And for someone who has, you know, ADHD and that's a lot going on. So immediately <laughs> I'm like, "What is going on in this trailer?" And it was it was way too much to throw at me. First thing I watched it again today before we recorded. I agree with that It's a terrible opening for this trailer. Um, they teased in the first movie about you know Woody Harrelson being ah uh, what's his name Cletus Cletus Cassidy Cletus Cassidy. I can never remember that name. Being Cletus Cassidy and obviously being Carnage. In this one luckily they gave him a haircut from the post credit scene of the first venom so he looks a little bit more this movie sold me just on woody harrelson i'll watch woody harrelson do just about anything and having him be crazy is always fun to watch so this movie is my curiosity has peaked but the trailer was fine they had weird music choices they had weird tone choices Um, But it really looks like you're just more Venom, which, I mean, depends on who you are, is good or bad. You know, I mean, that was a mixed one to come out. Uh, I mean, it's hard to even have any opinions on it. It just kind of was a weird trailer that gave you a lot of information while giving you nothing at the same time. So,
1: yeah, I mean, that's what you, you said you like about trailers when they don't give you a lot. And that trailer didn't really give you a lot. So that's one good thing to hang your hat on um I'm with you the the opening is was just bad like the opening of the trailer that first scene they wanted to show you was I wasn't a fan of it it just was too like you said just too crazy and I don't know I feel like maybe you might be a little higher on the Venom movie than me maybe not but I was not a fan of the first Venom movie I think it's entertaining enough but I just after watching it I just was kind of like well yeah that was the thing that was whatever it, it just the the buddy the buddy comedy aspect of it to me it was just like way too pushed on on us and like I didn't feel they had to do that that's not what I associate Venom and Eddie Brock their relationship like like reading the comics I don't think of them as like funny comedy buddy things and I know like a goal is to make every movie has to have humor nowadays like they they try to work humor into every superhero movie unless you're Zack Snyder but uh, they, I feel like they just tried to push funny on you when they didn't need to. Like, if they would have made more of a serious horror-type Venom movie, that's just how what I associate Venom with. I would have been much more into that than, like, the the jokey, you know, the symbiote has a one-liner for everything uh, that
0: Eddie's trying to do. I, I mean... you got to remember, you know, it's not symbiote in this universe. It's symbiote. Yeah, it's symbiote. I, I, won't say that. I won't say it that way. <laughs> I refuse to say it that way
1: but uh I mean Tom Hardy was the best thing about the movie I mean I like I do like Tom Hardy most of what he does um and I just feel like he had to act his way out of a bad script and like a bad concept and he did uh and that's why I watched the whole thing like I'm not one to even turn movies off so I would have watched it anyway because I do love Venom and he's Associated to the Spider-Man world, which we're deep into, so I was going to watch it anyway. But to me, it was just not great. So I was going into Venom too, kind of uh apprehensive anyway. But like you, I do like Woody Harrelson, and I do like the character of Carnage. So I I will definitely see this. It'll be cool to see Venom and Carnage going at it on the Carnage big screen. Looks awesome. Yeah, Carnage looks cool. Uh, I'd like to see his transformation uh, into Carnage. So ah. Uh, yeah, like I said, I'm I'm so-so on the trailer. Not very high on Venom 1, but I'm going to go in with an open mind and treat it as a new movie, even though it does look like a lot of the same, but we'll see.
0: Well, I'm waiting for the rating because there were rumors that this one would be R, unlike the first yeah. one, um, and be more horror. Now, seeing the cheap comedy and the unfunny comedy doesn't yeah. leave much hope. I wish they would stick to a little bit drier if they would have just left with they would have just started with you know venom being buddy with you know venom being buddy when he walks into the shop talking and venom is saying hi to the shopkeeper that would have been a better opening than him trying to cook and singing
1: some weird song in these weird voice yeah really
0: weird it was really really weird i'm curious what the rating is with the first venom I fell into the camp. I had zero interest in it when I saw it was PG-13 and just looking at it. I was like, this just isn't going to be good. And I had zero interest in it. And then when it started coming out, all of a sudden it was getting good reviews. And I was extremely confused as to why it was getting such good reviews. So I was like, I got to go see this. So I snuck in a, to a showing like opening night, like 1030 or something, some super late showing had a seat. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going. So I went to this packed house to see Venom and i enjoyed it i was like hey this was fine it was more entertaining than i thought i had extremely low expectations so that sometimes helps and it was fine but it's easily forgettable mm-hmm. and it does suffer and this one almost looks like it's going to have the exact same thing it suffers from that idea of the third act of superhero movies where they just become cgi smash tests. yeah And I don't, that doesn't do anything for me. If you were going to do it, you know, Avengers style or do these big action set pieces with a lot of CGI, you have to have stakes. You have to have human something in their heart. You have to have heart and have stakes that matter. And Venom, I don't remember having anything. It was just CGI throwing at your face. And to me, that just becomes not fun. And this one looks like it's heading down that same path. So...
1: Yeah, you run into that problem. Like you said, the, the third act of that movie was him fighting another symbiote yeah. who I can't and remember.
0: That was also black. You right. didn't that even was have also, different colors, so yeah. I didn't it know was, who, was who was- It was hard who.
1: to even tell what you're looking at. Yeah. It's just and black movies fighting each other. Yeah. And this one is him fighting Carnage, which is another symbiote fight, so they might fall into that same trap. I mean, at least you'll be able to tell who's who because of the color contrast. Hopefully. But, but like us as fans, the biggest- I'm sure we'll get into this later, but the fight people want to see on screen is Venom Spider-Man because of studios and everything. We're never, I mean, we may never get that, but that is like the fight we would want to see. So him fighting other symbiotes, you do kind of fall into that CGI, super messy trap. I can, I totally agree with that.
0: So I'll be interested to see, I will see it because why wouldn't I, but um I'm, it's hard to be super excited about that one.
1: Yeah, I agree. Well, but, I'm with you, though. I'm definitely going to see it.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm I'm ready for more. And especially if you throw an R rating on it, you throw a little bit more horror aspect. And once again, it very easily can su- surprise me like the first one. And I have no doubts it'll probably be entertaining. There you go. But this led us to really talk about, as we were talking about this trailer, and you and I started talking about the Spider-Man movies. And we said, you know what? We should talk about the Spider-Man movies this week's show. Well, when was the last time you watched Spider-Man movies, Don? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know when I watched Spider-Man movies before either. <laughs> yeah. So let's, let's talk about them. Well, so Don and I have been on this binge of watching as many Spider-Man movies as we could. And out of the eight of them that have been theatrically released, I think we each got about four.
1: Yeah, I think I decided that I needed to rewatch four of them to have a informed conversation. So, I definitely didn't have time to watch all eight of them again.
0: Yeah. So. In a
1: perfect world, maybe, but uh not this not this time.
0: So what we are going to go forward and do right now is we want to rank some Spider-Man movies and then talk about. So we each made our personal listing of where we rank these movies. And I want to just curiosity, see where we are. So we're going to read through our list for everybody. Let us know what where you guys would rank some of these movies, what you guys would think we're crazy on. And then we're kind of going to go back through and we're going to touch on the different eras of Spider-Man. Since We've had three different Spider-Mans. We've had Holland, We've had Garfield and we've had Maguire. And then we throw Spider-Verse in there because that was theatrically released and an Oscar winner for animated Best Picture. So mm-hmm. we can't, can't not talk about Spider-Verse. And that's kind of what we're going to do going forward. So if you, once again, need to pause this, go watch some Spider-Man movies, refresh yourself, definitely make sure to do that. But I think we're going to dive in more than enough to get those nostalgia, you know, bones in your brain working there. Uh, i'm sure most of
1: the i'm sure most of the people interested in listening to us have seen these movies throughout their time uh spider-man is very associated with geek he's like the poster boy for geek culture i would say so and he
0: was they were the first superhero movie really out the gate to usher in where we are today it was you didn't have sam raimi spider-mans with mcguire you wouldn't have the MCU in the way that you know I mean it's like we had the Batman movies in the 80s with Michael Keaton and up to Spider-Man but Spider-Man in 2002 when that came out that was like next level movie mm-hmm. so it's it's you need these movies but a lot of these these lists are going to change based on how old you are out there
1: that's true too you know there's a
0: nostalgia level to some of these depending on where you were you know we were already 2002 we were already what 18 or 20 years old for 2002 yeah. so We've, you know, ours is going to be different than if you were six or eight seeing Tobey Maguire. So it's going to be very interesting to see.
1: Yeah, we, we've taken in all these movies as adults, technically. Technically. Like our early 20s up to whatever, whenever uh, Far From Home came out last year, two years ago. Uh, we've been able to analyze these movies with our adult minds. But yeah, it would definitely be different asking someone who's, um, you know, 25 years old now who was uh whatever three when spider-man one came out sam raimi's first movie came out they wouldn't you know they they might talk about their list completely differently so we are definitely going to see
0: but i'm really curious granted i did just forget that i never talked about my teaser for venom 2 and who i saw in the cast listing
1: rewind time to rewind you want it
0: you want to know who i said who i saw in yeah, the list listing yeah hit me with that now jk simmons playing j jonah jameson
1: oh yeah i did see something like that uh i i saw somebody post that online i just kind of like breeze past it but yeah that's 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 weird that seems like if that was going to happen that's weird to let it be spoiled in a cast list already
0: Yes, it's a weird thing to have spoiled in a cast list, but then as we know, and full spoilers here, but, you know, J. Jonah Jameson and J.K. Simmons was also in Far From Home. Right. So now you're across and over all over the place. So, which I'm sure yeah. we'll dive deeper into that as we when we go into our Spider-Man.
1: There was also something else just real quick from the Venom trailer that people were pointing out that I didn't notice. One of the characters uh, was reading a newspaper and it was the Daily Bugle, first of all, with the same font from the McGuire movies, that Daily Bugle font. But like the headline was half covered up, but you could kind of tell what it said. And it said like Avengers lose to Nightmare, which Nightmare is like, a I think another symbiote character or a I know he's a Marvel villain that I'm just not too familiar with. But I know that, but it said Avengers. It had like the v-e-n-g-e-r-s you couldn't see the a but come on what else could that be so are they trying to say is it just like an easter egg that this this might be the same world that uh the mcu is in people don't know and they were asking the director about it and he was like well we might be making nods to things but this is its own world but he seems to be be very uh be being very coy about it so it's it's hard to tell what is really going on but yeah that's Cool fan service to like see little teasers and Easter eggs, stuff like that.
0: Well, and in back in the first Morbius trailer, yeah, they showed a spray painting that was Maguire Spider Man on the wall. So they definitely seem like they're playing with where these, uh, where we are in what universe. So be interesting to see. But let's move on to our Spider Man talk. Yes, sir. Man, I, I need to know at this point where you're where you're ranking man so we're gonna go through starting with what we think is the worst spider-man full spoilers for all of the spider-mans coming out that we're about to talk about like i said you should have seen them all by now they've all been out now for years 20 years in some cases (laughs) but we are going to go from what we think is the worst which realistically even the worst spider-man movie is still fine well we'll see we'll see we'll see but, Don, I want to know what did you put down as the worst Spider Man movie out of the eight that have been theatrically released?
1: All right. We're doing the list, huh? We're doing Let's our do list. Let's do the list. This might be where you have to edit in like some Spider Man music in the background, just playing while we go to do <laughs> or whatever. Spider
0: Man.
1: Um, Okay, so I'll kick it off. My worst Spider-Man movie on the list of eight is Amazing Spider-Man 2, uh, the second Andrew Garfield movie. That is what I consider my
0: worst. Man, this is going to be fun. <laughs> my first, I, my worst, I put is Spider-Man 3. Okay. Okay, Spider Man Three, good old you know. We just talked about Venom, so. You know.
1: All right, so we got our got our number eight.
0: Where did, where did you? I'm I right. said
1: Amazing Spider Man Two. You said Spider Man
0: Three. Okay, I wrote down mine. I wanted to write down yours.
1: That's actually a good idea. I'll do that while uh, while we're still uh talking about this. Chris said Spider Man Three. Okay, want me to hit my number
0: seven? What's your number seven, man?
1: All right, um, just mentioned Spider Man three number seven for me.
0: My number seven was Amazing Spider Man, Andrew Garfield's first one. Okay,
1: interesting, interesting.
0: Yeah, these these are a lot more different than I already thought they were going to be.
1: So I'm going to follow you again. What's my your number, number? My number six is Amazing Spider Man. What you just named as your number seven is my number six.
0: My number six was the original Spider-Man, Spider-Man one with Tobey Maguire.
1: Wow. You went there. I went there. I thought I knew you.
0: I know. It's, it's the whole <laughs> list. I'm telling you. is Yeah. It's going to be the last episode we do. Yeah. We <laughs>
1: I can't talk to you anymore. I can't talk
0: to you anymore. <laughs> you still haven't said Amazing Spider-Man 2, Chris. Uh,
1: you Why still haven't you said it? <laughs> you still haven't. <laughs> okay, uh, so now we both have 8 through 6, right?
0: Yep, so what's your number 5?
1: My number 5 is Spider-Man Far From Home, number 5.
0: My number 5 is Spider-Man 2.
1: Oh... Man, our lists are different.
0: This is an extreme. This was, I'm not even going to lie. This, my, my list changed so many times. Yeah. I still don't even know where they are. Like this was This was a hard list to make. And especially after rewatching these movies, it's like, where do I place these movies? We'll talk all about it here in a minute. What's your number four, Don?
1: Uh, Number four. So now we're in the top half here. We're in so, the top half. Top half. So my number four is Spider-Man 2. All right. The second movie with Tobey Maguire.
0: And my number four was Homecoming. Okay.
1: The first solo movie with one Tom Holland.
0: First solo, first show up in the MCU, and the first new Spider-Man that didn't get an origin.
1: Right. Well, technically, Civil War was his first appearance, but we don't count that as a spider-man movie but no. you you guys know what we're talking about
0: you 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 know out there <laughs> all right now we're hitting top three
1: top three what you got for okay. number three man um number three for me is spider-man
0: homecoming number three for me is amazing spider-man 2 <laughs> what I didn't say it yet. Would you rather have me say it now or save it for later?
1: I mean, I was hoping you were going to say it right there. It's like, there's, <laughs> uh, you're going to have to convince me a little bit on that. And
0: we're going to talk about this here. What's your number two Spider Man movie?
1: My number two Spider Man movie is Into the
0: Spider Verse. All right. So my number two movie was Far From Home. And then that makes, say, your number one man.
1: My number one is the OG, the original,
0: first Spider-Man movie from 2002, Spider-Man. And mine was even like Spider-Verse. Okay. Whew. that that wow. definitely was a lot different than I thought it was going to be.
1: Actually, was I? Uh, I was expecting us to be somewhat closer, but hey, yeah. uh, I'm. I get. I'm. But I know we both have our reasons for our placements of these movies, so we'll definitely get into it.
0: Oh yeah. Mine mine changed all over the place. Like everyone almost changed. You know, like my the original, the OG Spider-Man. Yeah. Started this, started my list at number one and then it moved to number two. And then somehow it ended up at six. I don't I don't really know what happened.
1: <laughs> number six.
0: I started moving wow. stuff around. And I figured out I, I learned something about myself here with this this list but i think first because it doesn't really fall in its, its own thing i want to touch on spider-verse we both ranked it i ranked it at number one you ranked it at number two so yep. i definitely want to jump into spider-verse here a little bit see we did both recently watch this one for i think the second time for both of us right
1: yeah we did
0: so we did more, most recently watch this movie, so I'd like to kind of see why you placed it where you placed it and talk a little bit about Spider-Verse, and then we'll kind of jump in through the eras and see why we placed which one.
1: Definitely. Um, just like you said, we just rewatched Spider-Verse for the first time uh, this a couple of days ago. Uh, saw it in theaters when it came out, and I don't feel like I truly appreciated it for what it was in the theater, I don't know if it was just a distraction or me and you talked about like some of the animation seemed like it might've been a little blurry. Just, I don't know if this is better for home viewing. It doesn't seem like it should be, but I just felt more focused and able to concentrate better on what I was actually seeing. And man, this movie is a Marvel of filmmaking. Like it's basically a masterpiece of everything is just there. Um, the animation, uh, what they can do with that, the, the, the original story that a lot of people might not be familiar with, like um, taking Spider-Man as a character and expanding it and saying, you know, Spider-Man is part of this bigger world that is not just Peter Parker. Uh, Spider-Man like encompasses all these different things. And that's the problem all these other studios are running into where they can't get away from certain ideas that are just like, Uh, well, it's always been that way. Like this is an original idea that was well thought out and like expanded and, and just, you could tell a lot of hard work from a lot of people. Um, the voice acting is great. The music in that movie is fitting and spectacular. Uh, miles, it it really, for those who didn't know miles before, who's had his run of comics. Um, this is like his, his movie to shine in, man. Like he's just, uh front and center and and, and I, don't, I haven't met anybody who's seen this movie who who doesn't love this movie like even people who aren't huge comic book fans will tell you like that movie was freaking awesome like for being animation and and the originality of it I just I loved it I was laughing uh there's a lot of funny heartfelt parts in there and um just a great movie man it, it goes by super fast because you're so like into it and uh I don't know. It's hard to sum up my feelings to say how good it is, but it's it's a a great movie.
0: It really is. It really is. Like I said, I agree with you. The animation in theaters was a little distracting with the way that it kind of stutters and the blurriness. I did almost feel like they put on the 3D version and I'm not watching it wrong. Uh, Watching it at home was a lot better of an experience. But yeah, the voice acting, the cast that they have for that movie is ridiculous. The meta humor that they do. I mean, right in the opening, they're making fun of Spider-Man 3 dancing and, the you know, emo Peter Parker. And they just open those doors and let you know right off the bat, this is what we're where we're going and what we're going to talk about. And it just was such a damn good movie. And they just hit all of the things that you needed to. And then you just come back to the Miles Morales of it and just introducing this new, like, in that universe, they killed Peter Parker. And Miles Morales was now... I'm Spider-Man and really get to see a new or fresh origin story and something new. And I think that that's something that goes back to our conversation last week, when we were talking about WB's plan with Superman, where you want to do something new, do something new. And when you have characters, you know, because the biggest thing that you you have to do that you have to remember, if you're going to change Character, you want to introduce a new character, you need to do it right. And if you're going to change a character, especially if you're going to change a race of a character, it's more than just changing the skin color of a person. You know, you can cast a black Clark Kent, but you have to now make him black. And there's a lot of cultural and things that go into that to make that character. You can't just make him black and then have him be the exact same. You have to change the character and you have to be able to make sure it actually is. A black character and representation, and represents that properly on screen. When Miles Morales just brought all of that culture—the Puerto Rican, the the African American—the really bringing the culture, the music, the you know, all of that just in there to really introduce a new character. And then it was a new origin. So people who didn't know what we were doing was just like, "Oh, this is going to be Spider-Man," but it wasn't Peter Parker. It was Miles Morales, who was his own character, his own cultural identity, his own. And it was just, oh. it's just how you do that. And if you want to do, and that's what we said last week, you want to do Black Superman, go for it. But you got to make sure that it's a Black character and it has to represent that culture properly. And if you're not willing to do that, then don't slap everyone in the face with it. You know, so that's where I fell on the line of do Calvin Ellis and be a new character. And you say, this is Superman calvin ellis is coming out he's going to be president or he's going to be whatever whatever origin story you want to tell but it would be a fresh origin story if i have Mm -hmm. to watch clark kent regardless of what race the actor is if i have to watch the exact same origin story what's the point yeah you didn't do anything right and this one spider-verse just really brought in the culture and the video game that you know miles morales video game did that really well too and i think since seeing the move this movie the first time playing through that game and now watching this again it's just man miles morales is such a damn good character and i love i just love his arc and the twists and turns that go into that and it's just fresh and i think that was the biggest thing was it was so different than anything that we saw before while still feeling familiar and i think that's how you successfully introduce new characters and do something special
1: yeah i i agree with everything you said there i i I was back and forth flip-flopping between this and my other movie for number one because, um, and before this rewatch, I had Spider Verse more like towards the middle of my list, mm-hmm. but like this, this rewatch, like, definitely showed me what I missed and like all, like, what I needed to focus on, just how great of a movie this really is. Like you said, the, the, the cultural, um, things they put in there like hit all the right beats and it's just a great original story man like any I feel like anybody could put this movie on fan of animation or not and just totally enjoy themselves from the storytelling the the writing is great the voice acting like I already said uh, the back and forth between Miles and the Peter from the other dimension is like so freaking funny man I'm, I'm, I'm like laughing the whole time uh, Nicolas Cage <laughs> voice acting Spider-Man Nora was perfect and John Mulaney as the um Peter Porker, I mean, come on, Spider Gwen is super cool, Kingpin is like a super believable villain. uh I love how they animated him, huge and hunched over with like his head down in the middle. That's great, yeah, uh, one thing I was thinking, and the prowler, the prowler character in that movie was freaking cool, man, like the his theme music every time he came on screen, like you were talking about the a twenty four sounds earlier it was like yeah. like every time he came on, they're making yep. that noise I was like scared. I'm like, there he is. He's going (laughs) to, there's Prowler. That's his theme music. I heard it. My God, that's Prowler's theme music. (laughs) uh,
0: Son of a bitch.
1: Yeah. It it was crazy. Just like a totally great, well put together movie from start to finish. Uh, I could, I could probably watch that movie like once a year and just like enjoy myself with it every time. I don't know.
0: Yeah. And I think I'm going to, and I think that's why I put it at number one and I, Think that's why you put it at number two and yeah. i respect that you had to go og with number your number one so let's let's we're gonna hit them by the air eras here so we we judge these a little bit differently than uh somewhat similar we were close with two and three it's one where we differed the most mm-hmm. but let's talk about toby Maguire, who kicked us off with sam Raimi's spider-man one two and three and the early 2000s 2002 2004 and i think 2006 i think they were every two years with those
1: yeah somewhere uh, somewhere. it might have been it might have been 2007 part three they might have like yeah. went an extra year or whatever but uh yeah pretty much every two years
0: so these movies as we said earlier these movies were huge and really kickstarted the superhero uh, genre movie genre yeah. that we're really in today we didn't have these movies they wouldn't be. Now, Sam Raimi, who comes from a more horror background and did Evil Dead and did a lot of that stuff, definitely directed these movies, comic booky. And there were very lots of fast cuts, a lot of music that was very similar to the Batman, the Tim Burton, Batman's very comic booky, which I think really worked well. It gives it a timeless type. You know, most of the effects still held up in these movies. Most of the the feels, you know, everything's still really held up well in these movies, but then these movies also are tied up, especially that first one with a lot of nostalgia because it was the first time we saw Spider-Man on the big screen and Spider-Man being one of the biggest characters. I know, I understand why you put this movie as your number one mm-hmm. because it, it brought up a lot of feels, man.
1: Yeah, definitely. And when I was compiling my list, I know an easy way to compile the list would be um, you take Spider-Man one and you take far from home, which is the most recent one and you compare them technically. And of course the most recent, like with all the new technology that's come out in the 20 years, you're going to say, well, that's much more of a technical, you know, technical achievement. But I had to view, I had to view these movies as um, how just how they made me feel, not which is, not which is the you know most technically appealing, visually appealing, because that's a totally different list. So when I'm judging it, I'm looking at how watching Spider-Man One makes me feel, and still to this day, uh, that movie makes me feel as as it did twenty years ago. Like it blew my mind back then, and I it may not blow my mind in the same way, but I still understand why it did in two thousand two, uh, my first time watching it. Um, first time seeing spider-man on screen swinging around um quippy one-liners just like him being in high school and being a young nerdy kid and like the origin story uh it was all just in like a neat package but the thing that sold me most on this movie is just i just love the willem defoe as green goblin uh say people will say what they will about him like uh, I've read criticism that he may have overacted or this and that. Like, that's just, it was perfect, man, to me. Like, almost the perfect supervillain because it's like a mix of camp and scary and like the laughter every time you see him. It's just like how I imagine an on screen supervillain behaving. Um, and I've always held like, I've always held comic book movie villains to like that standard just because that's what I that's just what I personally like so yeah man watching Spider-Man 1 all the feelings just come back to me and I I love it from start to finish Sam Raimi uh his style is in there like you said it might be his style might have come through a little more in Spider-Man 2 Okay, oh, you could tell in a lot of those scenes with like Dr. Octopus but his style does come through in this too which I appreciate I think he was good for that um, the first to it anyway we'll get into part three later but uh yeah man I just hold that movie in super high regard and I I just can't put anything above it when I think Spider-Man movies like that still to me pops out top of mind so that's kind of why that's my main reason reasoning for putting it as high as I did
0: and and that's why like like I told you mine has jumped you know I did one and then two and then it ended up at six somehow but <laughs> that's because like i said i am tied in with nostalgia feelings with that i still remember going and seeing it with you at the drive-in i remember kicking everyone out of the car and we'd say hey go get us some snacks and we locked the doors and forced everyone else to go into another car or sit outside because we knew what they were going to do if we sat and watched this movie in the car they were going to talk
1: yeah and And we couldn't have have there was
0: no way don and i locked everyone out of that car and we sat there and watched Spider Man freaking out like we were kids, and it was an awesome experience to watch that movie. I still remember at that parade when Green Goblin screams, "You'll not not see the last of me, Spider Man!" And that I, that, yeah. that that still gives me chills, just yeah. seeing that scene. Just it was so perfect, yeah, of just where where they were at the time and just with comic books, and it just was what you wanted to see it was the cartoon come to life.
1: Yeah. Definitely agree. So we're going to have to get into it. Uh, why it fell down your list so far, but we'll, we'll get into it.
0: One, one of my big things, because like I said, we're going to talk about the era here of Tobey Maguire at, right. at in Spider-Man. And when we jump into Spider-Man 2, which, like I said, I had it number five and you had it number four. Spider-Man 2 is a more complete movie than one. Okay. You don't have the origin. And I think that's what I realized going through this list is that I really like the sequels. I like part twos the best out of most movies so that's where it's like i loved far from home i liked amazing spider-man 2 spider-man 2 was better It's just you get, lose that origin once you get that origin out of the way then you're like okay cool i just don't like origin stories when it really comes to anybody they can be surprising they could be entertaining but it's still like you got to take that time to get going and the second one you could just jump in and sure. spider-man 2 just had so much of the sam raimi like i honestly out of i really i've watched now this whole trilogy Yesterday, that scene in the second one where they the surgeons try to take off Doc Ock's arms and he just goes all evil dead on them. Like, I mean, that was ripped strictly out of the evil dead. I mean, even to the point where they held up the chainsaw, the close zooms that is the best scene, I think, in the entire trilogy, just from a technical standpoint. Like, that just Mm -hmm. I watched that, I rewound it and watched it again just because it was so horror inspired and everything with Doc Ock was so damn good. And it was all because he filmed it like a horror movie and it was so great. But seeing some of the action scenes in the second one, um, and even the third one, I mean, those, just those movies really are good. My big thing was Tobey Maguire realistically looking back at it is my least favorite Spider-Man. Okay. And it's just, I don't like his Peter Parker. He's just, he played two, he went to Clark Kent for me. I always felt that Peter Parker had a little bit of, he was nerdy but he always had a little bit of like swab to him. He has a little swagger that I think Garfield and Holland both hit. They have that, they have a better balance of swag and nerdiness. Sure. Where they weren't where Peter Parker just went full I'm awkward nerd. And he just, <laughs> it just, he couldn't hit. And I never felt he tried. And at the time, I think it was, it was, it was passable. But for me, Tobey Maguire was never able to fully get the Spider-Man quippiness. He would say a couple, but his voice was always like, hey, mudbrain brain. Or he would say something and he just, it wasn't enough. It just wasn't now yeah. seeing what we are. Like I said, looking back, yeah, he was fine. And I, I loved him as Spider-Man at the time. But now looking at where we've been, it's like, those movies are still really good. And I just once again, watched all three of them again. And I honestly enjoyed all of it immensely. And I do love those movies. And as I said, before we started, none of these movies are bad. None right. of them are bad. They all have their pluses and they all have their minuses. Yeah. somebody has got to be on the
1: bottom though. Yeah. Someone's you know.
0: got to be on the bottom and Spider-Man three is definitely on the bottom for both of us. Yeah. Um Now I didn't put, you know, when we get into Andrew Garfield here, I think this is where we're going to get into, <laughs> into an interesting debate, but just Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man, that's just where I hit on. Um what did you now i watched spider-man 3 again and spider-man yeah. 3 is a train wreck mm. for many different reasons what i was mostly surprised about watching spider-man 3 again was one it was honestly more entertaining than i thought it was going to be yeah like i enjoyed it the special effects still held up like so good sandman looks so cool venom is terrible uh, yeah, Topher Grace as Venom was always a bad decision. We knew it when we were kids, and they announced it.
1: Yeah, we we hated we hated that decision even b- before we saw the movie. Like, there's no way this is going to be a smart choice. So and,
0: yeah, and then the, the fact that they never let you see Venom. Yeah. Every time you every time Venom slows down, they would peel his head back so you'd see Topher Grace. And I'm like, I don't want to see Topher Grace. Venom has a mouth. Let him talk.
1: Right. <laughs> right that didn't make sense
0: yeah it was just we want to see these faces so they kept taking everyone's masks off by the end of that movie spider-man wasn't even wearing a mask there's way too much peter parker in spider-man 3 and it was just bad romantic misunderstandings yeah. and my other thing that really especially re-watching these is i really feel spider-man toby Maguire, and kirsten dunst do not have chemistry okay like i just don't They just, I don't know. Kirsten Dunst has her own damaged character trying to figure out herself. And I just don't, their chemistry just doesn't do it for me because he's so leery and awkward. Like, I'm like, this girl would not like this dude. And it's just, they're, 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 like I said, their chemistry, when, especially when you compare it to like Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone, their chemistry was like amazing. Was it? I think it, <laughs> it was. was man. It? I think it was. See, I I do have an Emma Stone problem, so like, ah, I see Emma Stone go. and I'm just like Emma Stone. <laughs> and I watch just about anything when I'm at the show next week watching Cruella, just because. Um, yeah, you'll know why I have a problem. So I felt that Andrew Garfield. Sure, sure, well, sure. I guess well I guess that's going to make that conversation a little bit sweeter. Um, but I think hey, that man, I, was. I, I
1: totally, I totally agree on Spider-Man Three that it was just like a mess. Um. um way overstuffed like that that was its biggest problem is spider-man one you had green goblin spider-man two you had dr octopus this movie i felt like they were trying to fit way too many story threads into uh like one movie when the formula for the first two worked well why wouldn't you just do something like that like if you wanted the villain to be um spoilers you know harry osborne green goblin you should have just done that movie and if I don't know if it will if you wanted a Sandman movie, it could have been a Sandman movie. And I've read, I've read stuff about, you know, um, Sam Raimi felt pressure to include venom because of like fan fan outcry for like, we need venom in a movie and the studios. Like, well, the people want venom. So you got to get venom in this movie. So he just kind of threw him in there without really caring about the character. Cause he didn't want to make him He didn't want to make his movie with venom, but it was like studio pressure. So all that, like inside the scene stuff. And I mean, I even looked up a quote that he had about, about Spider-Man 3 talking about it. He said, uh, this is from Sam Raimi, saying, it's a movie that just didn't work very well. I tried to make it work, but I didn't really believe in all the characters. So that couldn't be hidden from people who love Spider-Man. If a director doesn't love something, it's wrong of them to make it when so many other people love it. I think raising the stakes after Spider-Man two was the thinking going in. And I think that's what doomed us. I should have just stuck with characters and the relationships and progressed them to the next step and not tried to top the bar. So that tells you right there, like he was feeling studio pressure and the movie got a much bigger budget because of the success of the first two mm-hmm. to like cram all this stuff in and make this huge bombastic movie when really in the end, it just kind of sunk it more or less. I mean, like you said, the effects are still there. They're still cool because it's still a ton of money behind this movie. So it's still going to look cool. Um, but just like, yeah, the 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 story was a mess, too much going on. And that's just what doomed this movie for me from the start.
0: So, yeah, it was definitely a shame. It does, for many reasons, I think, deserve to be towards the bottom of this list. Um Just because, yeah, it is the weakest, especially from a story construction standpoint. Like, yeah, it looks cool. The action pieces are fun, but the fact that you stuff Venom in the last 20 minutes of this movie is a shame for that. Oh, yeah, totally. And it's just, and then just never really hitting the symbiote idea really correctly or properly. So you stuffed him in there, but then you didn't do a good job with it. And like I said, it makes sense if he's not, it's his heart's not into it and you really are stuffing it in there. But, right. you know, overall, without these movies, we wouldn't be where we were and we wouldn't have another, you know, four or five movies to talk about after the fact. It's so this is, And it'd be very interesting to see if any of the rumors ever come true of Sam Raimi getting his shot with Spider-Man 4 and bringing back Tobey Maguire. And with the rumors of casting for this uh, No Way Home new Spider-Man movie coming out at the end of this year and seeing any of these characters being able to show up we don't know obviously it's all rumor and speculation as to who may or may not show up and i don't want to dive into it until we actually have any kind of confirmation but if any of these characters show up and they really start diving into a multiverse with dr strange and bringing any of these things into these characters in the mcu i think it'd be really interesting to see how these characters look 20 years later
1: yeah i uh We'll see. we'll see about those rumors if any of that actually comes to fruition, but uh, we've been speculating on it hard because it's like all our nerd dreams come true, but we're not going to get too deep into it until we get uh, anything more factual facts about it.
0: I got you. Well, we're going to move on to the Andrew Garfield movies now, the amazing oh, Spider-Man oh. movies, the unwanted Spider-Man movies, the ones that Sony kind of forced on all of us way too soon as they tried to do a reboot on Spider-Man. It was a reboot that I think nobody wanted to see, um, and it performed that way uh, pretty much across the board. Um, they are probably the least performing Spider-Man movies. They just kind of exist out there. They are kind of the black sheep of the Spider-Man universe at this point, um, whether or not it's unjust or not, depending on where you fall. But we had The Amazing Spider-Man and The Amazing Spider-Man 2 Uh, when did those come out
1: i believe it was five years after um the first amazing spider-man i think released five years after spider-man 3
0: yeah 2012 for the first one and 2014 for the second one
1: and see that kind of is where my problems begin with this movie these two movies is um i mean we'll get into it but I feel like they were made simply because and I've I've read this places that Sony needed to make another Spider-Man movie within five years of the release of the first one or release of part three. They had to have another one in the next five years to like maintain the rights. So I I always felt like these movies were just slapped together simply for financial studio reasons. Uh, To me, they this is why I have them (laughs) ranked uh, number eight. And number six. no yeah six and I, eight yeah eight eight and six is where I have them ranked so they're you know in my lower half. Um, I enjoy these movies enough, but I just feel like they didn't do anything. I'm just talking about them both together for now. They they didn't do enough for me um, to like do anything new. They both I feel like they both kind of told the same story that we already kind of got in uh, Sam Raimi's trilogy just like we got another origin story. Why do I need another origin story five years later? And, um, another, you know, the relationship between Peter and, and Harry Osborn. Okay. We've been through this and, and now another romance, but the romance was like turned up a notch where it was almost to a, like a, a, to me, just like a teen, like a teen romance, twilighty kind of a thing with, um, Andrew Garfield and but you know now it's Gwen Stacy it's not Mary Jane okay I see you changed things a little bit there um they were enjoyable enough like action wise I thought it was made well I like the uh, the lizard as the villain in the first one the second one is where I kind of have problems like the 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 Jamie Foxx electro always kind of just rubbed me the wrong way like he had the same origin it seems like they want to do with all these villains uh the same as the Riddler in Batman Forever, like he's a nerdy guy, all of a sudden, he nerdy scientist man gets powers, and then Wonder Woman 84, nerdy, nerdy lady, all of a sudden gets powers, and she can fight, yeah, like that's, that's kind of like it followed that same little trope, different for me, so like, that's another reason why I didn't re-watch these movies in my rewatch because they're kind of like forgettable to me, and I kind of knew they were at the bottom of it for me, uh it just to me my main problem is it feels like movies that I don't feel like were necessary and were just made uh to appease studio inner workings like we got to keep the rights we got to pump out a movie somebody just like rewrite like take what was good about the Raimi movies and just make another version of it like just slap it together and throw it there and Andrew Garfield was fine enough uh to me but he's just like you know I'm cool guy Spider-Man now I'm not a I read the comics and Spider-Man is a, a, a nerdy. Yeah. He has his one-liners, which Andrew Garfield had plenty of those, but he's not just like some cool slick haired back. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to describe. He was too
0: sexy for you, huh? I mean, I guess <laughs> that
1: that's, that Andrew Garfield sex appeal. I didn't need all that. Yeah. Uh, I but, they,
0: but, but he had to be a dude that was going to catch Emma stone. And, you know, you got it, you got to turn it on for her. She's not just going to give it away.
1: I guess you got to be hunky Spider-Man to get a Emma Stone for sure. Absolutely. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I could probably talk more if I would have rewatched them, but I just really didn't want to. So I don't know. I know, I, you, have, I know you have these on your much higher on your list than I do.
0: Well, um, I, the Amazing Spider-Man, I had below you i actually had it seven where you had it at six so the amazing spider-man oh, okay. and for these movies it's amazing spider-man 2 where we differ because you had that at eight and i had it at three so this is definitely a big jump big <laughs> jump now i agree with you on the majority of what you've said surprisingly okay. um these movies did feel forced they did feel unnecessary i didn't even go see the first one in theaters because i didn't want to see an origin story again as i said earlier i don't care about origin stories Mm-hmm. So seeing this movie again, I was like, I don't want to see this movie. Like, I'm not interested in the origin story for Spider-Man again. I don't want to see Uncle Ben get killed again. I just have zero interest in this. Now, when I did finally see it, it was fine. Like, I I remember zoning out. I still barely remember that movie. I know I've seen it a couple times. I remember the back half being fine. The lizard was cool. I The fight in the library was cool. Especially doing that where they, I know when they shut off, like, they cut to stan lee being the janitor cleaning and you can hear his music while they're fighting in the background that was cool yeah that was uh, cool i do like garfield i thought he did a good i don't remember the hunkiness of him but yeah um, i think i do remember i just liked he was he he was believable for me from a quippy like sarcastic kind of spider-man and he was believable as being smart brilliant scientist peter parker So his Peter Parker, to me, was a little bit more entertaining than the awkward Clark Kent version Toby McGuire did. So I did kind of pump those up a little bit. Um, Once again, I do agree. Why redo an origin? Why put Goblin and do the Harry Osborn? Now, of course, coming back in Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man 2, when you're going to do the Gwen Stacy angle, you have to really have Goblin is involved in that so if if that's where you knew you're going you're introducing Gwen Stacy you're kind of like well we got to do Goblin again that would be where I would really want to hesitate like okay how do we this is going to be so much is going to be compared to the originals that people love how do you do this any justice and then once again why as fans should we care to see this again yeah and it's an uphill battle that this series was not able to win they weren't able to beat this this movie did get dropped when you know as of right now won't see anything once again there's rumors of you know what we're going to see in this next spider-man movie so maybe we will see more of this no idea if any of that you know until we get confirmation or we're sitting in the movie theater here i think we'll get a trailer sooner or later and i imagine the trailer is going to ruin a lot of stuff yeah probably too much you know, so it's a shame that they weren't able to. I know they were really pushing a Sinister Six. They were really pushing, you know, a Spider-Man 3 and where we were going with this. And they really did have plans. And then Amazing Spider-Man 2 just completely underperformed. And what's funny is I saw that movie twice in theaters in the same weekend. Yeah. I, I really liked The Amazing Spider-Man 2. And I think a lot of that was one, which is funny, I Jamie Foxx i agree 100 percent that they fell back on that trope they fell back on he's not an original character but one i love jamie fox mm-hmm. and just the way he commits and the way that he does i've just always enjoyed i've watched almost every jamie fox movie i mean i just i don't know something about jamie fox i like <laughs> i watched can't tell you how many times i've watched held up which that yeah. old ass movie where he like gets held hostage in a gas station i don't even know if anyone's even heard of that movie and i've watched i don't even i don't know that one (laughs) i don't think i know that one um but i just the way that he did it and for me for whatever reason i really liked and i don't know why or what was going on at the time and maybe because we started seeing mcu maybe we started seeing different you know i'd have to really look at timelines to see but i remember sitting there in the theater watching amazing spider-man 2 Really enjoying almost the campiness that Jamie Foxx was bringing to Electro. And it felt very much like a comic book. And they were kind of bringing back some of those like themes that the original Spider Man movies had, where they were, like I said, based on a comic book. This is a cartoon. This is a, you know, and they were bringing it to life. And some of those ideas of having those characters and, like I said, redoing the Selena Kyle story from Batman Returns or the Edward Nigma story from Batman Forever just felt refreshing at the time for me watching it so i really just enjoyed electro i thought he looked cool and the action scenes were i mean the opening thing with rhino was cool the the i remember that huge electro battle in Times square with all the i mean that just looked cool and then to me the fact that they really went all the way with the gwen stacy storyline and it was just like yeah it was rumored that they were gonna offer at the end of this movie but then you're like are you really gonna do it you know, and just the way that they did it was so perfectly done. And yeah. just, you just didn't see it happening. You know, you watch so many, at this point, five Sp- Spider Man movies where these these chicks are falling and he's catching every one. And this one he just missed. And the way that they did it just is burned into my head. Like he just missed her by a second. And that to me always just puts this movie up there. And whether or not it ultimately tomorrow I wake up and it, I would put it at number three, I'll never know. Uh, every, every day it's different. Um, as to how I do this, I might switch it with Spider-Man 2 and put that one at number five. But this one, I don't know. To me, just did something different. I liked, I liked the idea they try to make Peter Parker's parents be something, whether or not it was believable or whatnot, but they wanted to have a mystery as to his parents were up to something. They were scientists and really dive into their story a little bit. I thought was different. And it just, they, I think as much as they, whipped together they still seem like they tried to do something different even if their hands were tied and i think that's what i can appreciate with those movies but once again it really only falls with the made in spider-man 2 more than the actual first one just because they had to, were forced to do that rehash of a so much we've seen before between harry osborne peter parker's relationship and the origin again
1: yeah He makes some good points and you know i may have to re re give these movies a try i just you know i rank them at um lower than you just for like i said the main reasons, just feeling forced and unnecessary that was my main gripe about them like i didn't need those movies no I i feel like they were forced on me for um like i said greed reasons mostly and i just feel so i didn't feel like there was like the care put behind them um I don't know. It's hard to
0: explain. But No, I absolutely agree with you on a lot of that. But then, like I said, sometimes newer is just better. All right. And speaking of newer, then. Let's hit the MCU when Marvel decided to throw some money and say, let us borrow Spider-Man for the MCU. And they got their first Sony-Marvel-Disney collaboration, which was Spider-Man Homecoming. And then they followed that up a couple years later with Spider Man Far From Home. And then we have Spider Man No Way Home coming out this December. So definitely it's going to be, this isn't going to be the first time or the last time we're going to talk about Spider Man, I think, this year. Uh, but just the MCU, we got a younger Peter Parker in this one. We got different, char- different versions of characters. Um, we had kind of uh, tied in with the Avengers and the MCU kind of idea this was coming out of as you said when you talked about these movies um, Spider-Man we didn't get an origin this time because he was just introduced in Civil War and it was awesome and then this was his movie so it was picking up Tony Stark was in it as Iron Man was in this movie trying to figure out it had a completely different feel and we went for a younger Spider-Man and really going like you know 13, 14 years old or however old he's supposed to be. But I mean, we went like freshmen in high school, young at this point for this Spider-Man and we didn't have to see an origin. So I mean, that's, that's a win all in of itself. But how'd you feel? I know you just watched Homecoming again in preparation for this. So I definitely want to pick your brain on how you feel about yeah. Tom Holland and the MCU Spider-Man.
1: Yeah, I had Homecoming ranked uh, in my top half and I think I had far from home Number five, so right there in the middle, uh, which honestly I could have gone either way with um Far From Home and Spider-Man 2. They could have easily switched places, so I could have had Far From Home in the top half. Um, I don't the smartest thing that in the transition from Spider-Man from Sony to Marvel, even though it's still a Sony property, but Marvel, like you said, Marvel is just borrowing the character, quote unquote. But like the smartest thing they did with their telling of the Spider-Man character is skipping the origin. which you which you already mentioned but we've already had it two times they're smart enough to realize we don't need it a third time uh it's kind of brought up here and there in homecoming like you can he's living with his aunt may there's no uncle ben we don't need the uncle ben saga playing out it already happened they're just assuming they're assuming we're smart and know how spider-man became spider-man and didn't want to tell that story again so that's the kind of, that's one of the strongest points of Homecoming is it's a, a story we're already jumping in, Spider-Man's already established, and the first scene in Homecoming is so cool. Like, it's just um, basically Tom Holland's Spider-Man going through, like, and showing his experience in Civil War. That we didn't see, like he's recording it on his phone, and yeah. like being he's like being a kid, and we're like, Whoa, this is so cool! and then, like, he's his cameras flying all around, he's in this fight, and he's like, Oh, he just called me when like Iron Man was like, Uh, hey, under ruse, and he's like, Oh, there, I gotta go, I gotta go. And then they, sh- <laughs> and then they show Ant Man, uh, grow huge, and 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 Tom Holland's like, Oh, he just got big, I gotta go, and they're like, Man, it was just like perfect, perfect, uh, perfect lead in there, and mm-hmm. um. We've we've talked about all these movies, but to me, Tom Holland is the perfect Spider Man. Like I I prefer him over Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield. Uh, I just think the they got the age right. I was a little concerned when the movie was first announced that he might have been too young, but the way they wanted to fit him into the Marvel universe is he's supposed to be the young guy um, because Spider Man who. I mean, this goes without saying, was created by Stan Lee and Steve Ditko. We're going back uh, to the beginning of this is he's a high school student. And like, this is a, the the charm of Spider-Man is that you got all these adult superheroes running around. And then he here's this kid dealing with, he's not a sidekick. He's not Robin from Batman. He's, he doesn't have a mentor really, except in his movies, I guess he kind of does with Iron Man. But, like, he has to learn his own way as a kid and just, like, the feel of Homecoming to me, man, it's just, uh, it's just, like, feels perfectly what a Spider-Man movie should be. He's young, he's trying to balance high school and being a superhero, and, uh, yeah, it's great. I mean, one thing that kind of does draw away from these movies is it's so intertwined with the MCU. So in some ways it feels like he doesn't get his own story. Like he's so intertwined with stuff that's happening with Iron Man and like Iron Man gives him his suit, which is cool, but we don't get to see him like build his own suit from scratch, which is like, you know, they, they went more future with it. Like technical, like he's kind of got basically an Iron Man suit that Tony Stark made. Yeah. Which is cool for different stuff like that. We didn't get to see in the first two franchises. So it's interesting and different that way uh but that kind of takes away from it like i want my cake i want to have my cake and eat it too like i wanted the spider-man to be involved in the mcu but i also wanted him to have like his own separate stuff and you can't really do it that way they're like so it's it's good and bad if that makes sense it's hard to it's hard to say um but yeah just watching homecoming i enjoyed um michael keaton michael keaton's character as the vulture was super cool i loved their take on it um and just the hype around him being in an MCU movie as, as nerd, geek people, you always associate him with, oh, well, that's Batman. But then taking his iconic performance in Batman, and then just you have to flip your way of thinking of him like, oh, my God, he's a villain in this. And he did a really good job with it. I liked his uh, take on it as uh, kind of being like the working man, the working man's villain. And, like, he's against all these rich people and Tony Stark and, like, uh, I don't know, man. And it had it had some of the best action, Spider-Man action to date. We're going back to, like, technical stuff, uh, just how far movies have come. Like, we truly got to see, like, Spider-Man in all his glory swinging around, the fights, um, all that. So, yeah, that's, that's why I rank Homecoming up so high and it all mostly boils down to, I just love Tom Holland as Spider-Man. I think he's perfect. He's got the perfect mix of quips, uh, dialogue, like emotion, just like the range of emotion he shows, uh, having a crush on one girl, one movie and another, you know, a second girl, the other movie. It's just how you would imagine a teenager to act. And I think Spider-Man is best when he is that young kid, just learning how to be a superhero. Something that I feel like maybe the Andrew Garfield movies were missing a little bit. And even the later movies of the Raimi trilogy, like we got that in homecoming and far from home. So I don't know. That's just, I love the MCU Spider-Man. No, they're,
0: they're great. They're like I said, being tied to the MCU has its pros and cons. Um, I, and for both of these, I, for whatever reason, was not interested in either one because one, I was like, we can see another origin. What are they going to do? You watch it, for whatever reason, I was never able to get excited for either one of these movies. And I'm almost positive Homecoming I didn't see in theaters. Like, I don't think I saw it till later. And then when I did, I was like, no, that was pretty good. And then Far From Home, when they announced that one, I was like, I don't know. Maybe I'm burned out on these superhero movies. Like, coming after Endgame, I was like, I just don't. And then saw it, I loved that movie. And I ended up seeing that one two times in theaters. I mean, I don't don't see many movies two times in theaters. And for whatever reason, Far From Home just hit all of those right notes for me where I just wanted to keep watching it. And it was just, like I said, that proper balance of just, it was post end game. And so you really got to see where the MCU was headed and just kind of where they were going. I loved the way they did Jake Gyllenhaal as Mysterio. Like, Jake Gyllenhaal is just one of those people that you just don't think about. And then when he pops up in something and you watch it, you're like, man, that dude is so good. And he just had this perfect balance of the way that they did Mysterio, even with the, the swerve there, as to who he was and what he really was doing and just uh, that was just all done so well and tied into the Tony Stark of it all. You know, it just was such those movies are just done really well. And I think what helps those movies compared to a lot of superhero movies is the villains. Both had between Michael Keaton and Jake Gyllenhaal, they they weren't overstuffed with villains and they just had strong villains that you knew their motivations. You know, a lot of it was they were fighting corporate greed, which is which is a which is a uh, popular you know motive for villains right now you know kind of be the underdog and the every man fighting as you said uh-huh. but those villains are both memorable and they both stand out you know like i said we couldn't even figure out how many villains were in some of these movies you know and i you know it's just really stands out it's just being solid and they're just fun and i'm super pumped for the next one the the no way home and really see i mean obviously that has the multiverse rumors that make that definitely stand out for different reasons. The idea of merging some of these franchises we just got done talking about, but I mean, yeah, just the quips. I, I can't disagree with anything. I mean, I ranked these as two and four on my list. So I definitely think a lot of them and they could probably easily go watch them again. And I could probably move them around again, you know, go watch, yeah. I just watch spider verse. So that one's fresh in my head. So maybe that's why I put it at number one and I might be able to shift these around a little bit more. Um, just because they were they're so good they really really are
1: yeah i'm 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 very i'm very thankful that marvel and kevin feige got there were able to get their hands on uh spider-man because that was always disappointed us before this merger happened that we weren't going to be able to get spider-man in into this mcu that they've connected so well with all these different characters and like looking like man that would be perfect if spider-man could just participate in this but he can't because of studio red tape and everything and so yeah it's really been a a blessing for for us nerd geek fans to finally get a proper spider-man involved with the rest of these uh MCU properties that we love because he just fits in great civil war when he first popped down onto the car the first time when he was called in was like one of the images from the MCU like I'll always remember like that was just a oh my god moment like he's finally here he's got cap shield he took cap shield and just like he's here to fight and him fighting with uh with bucky and sam and just like tearing through them and they're like what is that what is this guy and like he was just new and like yeah it's great i'm super pumped for no way home uh even with all the rumors even if the multiverse wasn't happening i would just be totally excited for a new tom holland spider-man movie even though we did kind of get the teaser that this was going to happen anyway at the end of uh, Far From Home with J.K. Simmons returning in the in the end there, that was like, oh my god, what are they going to do? It's, yeah, they
0: were teasing this multiverse thing, so it makes sense that these rumors do exist, and they obviously come from somewhere. And there have been some official casting news that point in this direction because they they have casted two villains from previous the two previous both uh, Garfield and Maguire uh, movies. So, I mean, it, it all signs are pointing that this is where we're yeah. headed. But the question will be, will we see two more Peter Parkers in that movie?
1: I would think we would, but you never know. It's hard to, and Marvel's not going to confirm anything. I think that we haven't even had confirmation from them about uh Jamie Foxx and Alpha Molina I think it's just coming from those actors like the studio hasn't confirmed anything and they never will until the last minute so uh but they seem pretty confident when they're talking about like yeah we're in this movie and why would they just like make it up out of nowhere I don't think it's made up um I did see something else recently uh a story about Andrew Garfield being asked asked about it straight up and then like a podcast or an interview And he he's like playing it off, too. He's saying like, you know, I I don't want to disappoint you guys, but like I haven't been called or asked to do anything with a new Spider-Man movie. So like whatever. But then the next day something came out where he also had to like back up back those words up and be like, well, never say never. Well, like, which way is it? Like, I know you can't reveal it, but then
0: just don't talk about it at all. You know what I'm saying? I know, but people keep asking. So, what are you supposed to say? You know, yeah. You don't yeah. want to be like, no. You know, this was the, a lot of the conversation that they talked about with J.J. Uh, Abrams with Star Trek Two, where he didn't want, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch to be Cumberbach to be, uh, yeah,
1: whatever, however you say his name.
0: <laughs> but they didn't want him to be like, oh yeah, he's Khan. So yeah. we're like, he's this other character, and they're showing clips of people calling him a different name, and you really wanted to have this reveal when everybody knew it already and it really hurt that movie in a lot of ways. And by not telling people, so it's the same thing where it's like, well, you guys have now said too much. I don't know how it leaked out and it's just a shame that we have to ruin everything.
1: Yeah. That's, that's just the nature of, that's the nature of these now, especially when it's just out there so much with social media and online, like people are going to find out and leak stuff and, it sucks but you just kind of got to be vigilant with how you take in your news and if you if something's getting close you try not to watch too much and it's it sucks but what are you gonna do
0: and so there are moments and i don't think i can avoid this one but because i don't know if i can not watch a trailer for this when it does drop but I, i i'm hoping that they tease but don't give away
1: yeah that's that's a perfect world scenario but we'll, we'll see scenario. what happens yeah
0: absolutely but that's kind of where we fall we wanted to talk about the spider-man movies since venom kind of got those juices flowing a little bit we really wanted to actually dive in a little bit deeper and kind of rewatch those movies and give us something to talk about this week so definitely you know write out your list on where you guys think you guys are and Let us know if you guys differ from us, because obviously we differed a lot more from each other than I thought we were going to. So that was definitely a lot of fun to go through. I was I was slightly nervous that we were going to be like number eight, Spider-Man three, Spider-Man three, number seven, Spider-Man seven or, you know, whatever. I couldn't think of another one off the top of my head, you know. I thought yeah, maybe-
1: I, I just I just don't know if I can look at you the same anymore after uh, some of your list but uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to try to work through my feelings here about uh, no I'm just totally kidding so- like you said <laughs> like you said all these movies are have their good qualities about it even though uh I placed Amazing Spider-Man 2 and Spider-Man 3 at the bottom like I can find something to enjoy about both of those movies um uh, but you know somebody's got to bring up the end so I'm glad we have differing opinions
0: and uh, uh, yeah, that's, that's just how that goes. Well, we might have to start looking at some other series and do this uh, again, but Don, I really want to know what you're geeking out on this week. Totally. I want to share what I'm geeking out on this week. It's a lean list this week. This has been a crazy busy week. And then once we turned on Spider-Man, then it was like, I got to watch a bunch of Spider-Man. So realistically, we've been geeking out on Spider-Man this week.
1: (laughs) Right, right.
0: But I want to jump into a little bit of what I've been geeking out on. So I think I'm going to go first this week. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, My big thing that I've been trying to get through is playing Resident Evil 7. I, I picked this game up a long time ago, played the first couple hours, freaked at myself out, and I quit playing it. And I haven't really played it again. Now, a couple weeks ago or last week, Resident Evil 8 came out, Resident Evil Village. And it just looked really cool. And I kind of just, especially even reading some of the reviews and just seeing it, I'm just like, man. I really want to play this game, but I need to play seven again. So I've kind of been jumping in pretty hard and I've d- did a couple sit downs and it's not that long of a game. I think it just clocks in at like six hours and I'm pretty much there. I only have like two more sections left and I'm done with the game. And so I'm definitely one more sit down and I'll be done. And it's a super, I mean, that game is so good. The first half is definitely, and I think that's what most people say the first half is freaky as hell going through, they switched it to the first person. It's just kind of that hillbilly torture porn thing where you're just kind of like craziness is ensuing all around you and being first person, you feel like you're just dropped in. I could not imagine playing this game in virtual reality as people have played on the PlayStation. Does not sound like something I want to be immersed in that much. But uh, just really the story and just tying in, it it feels a little funny because Resident Evil games have been historically third person kind of run around but this one still hit all of the the same highs The you know same puzzles collect items backtracking going around you can't stop playing a resident evil game i started playing to the remake like last year and i turned it on after a year of it sitting and i have no idea where i'm supposed to go or what i'm supposed to do because you forget the map and i've start that game over now because i can't even get back onto track so you have to once you start you got to keep going But I really want to play Village, and I've always wanted to play through 7, so I'm one more sit-down away, I think, from finishing this thing, and so far it's been a great game with just a central mystery that I'm still trying to figure out where they're going with the story and how they're going to tie it into the full-on Resident Evil arc storyline, their main Mm -hmm. storyline with all the characters that we know, because this was a new character jumping in. But so far, I'm really enjoying this game, and I'm hoping to be able to jump into Resident Evil Village soon. I might end up having to grab that one. Now, it leads to a dilemma that I have because now, as I said last week, I picked up an Xbox Series S, and I have the PS5. So now, which which system do I buy the game on? Because it technically should play better on the PS5, but if I play it on the Xbox, which I've historically played more Resident Evil games on, I get bonus points for buying it. <laughs> so oh. do I want my, my bonus points to get free stuff? Or do I want to play it on a system that should be playing it better on the PS5? It's very. It's been a dilemma I've been fighting all week as to now when games come out, the Mass Effect trilogy just came out. And I'm like, should I buy this? Well, I get 10% off if I buy it on Xbox. And those yeah. games were notoriously made for Xbox so which system do i buy and i'm the one that i know will perform better but then do i even care do i even notice frame rates or 1080ps or sure. resolution like i don't even think i noticed i was watching digital foundry videos today and they're like look at how bad this one looks i'm like, it looks exactly like the other one." right i'm not i sn- i'm not a resolution snob
1: yeah i don't think you could go wrong on either one whichever way you decide it'll be uh probably just as just as well um yeah, that's that's cool. Resident Evil Seven. I I downloaded it too on when it was free in the. It's free in the PlayStation as a PlayStation Plus member right now, isn't that right?
0: Yeah, it's part of that collection.
1: Right. So I played actually through the first thirty minutes or so, and then just kind of got distracted from other things. I'm sure I if I get back into it, which I want to because I'm the same as you. I want to play Village. Village looks super cool to me, but I just kind of like fell off seven. I got to restart it. I know it's like the same character. That's why I wanted to play seven before eight. I think you're the same guy like Ethan something. So I wanted to see the first half of his um, story before village starts. Hey, yeah, like you said, it is super, super scary from what I played for a video game, like scarier than most horror movies you'll watch. You'll freak yourself out even more with these games. These games have always been that way, man.
0: Yeah. And
1: first and switching to first person even adds more, like fear to it because you're just like seeing everything i was not a fan of when they when they have switched to first person in resident evil because i'm so used to the third person view like seeing my guy on screen that's just the way i i'm just like that's the way i want it but after playing some of seven i'm like oh this is totally cool like this is fun
0: because then you can play with the camera and then it's like you only see what your character sees so then all of a sudden when you're turning around you have no idea what's behind you or you right. don't know where characters, so where these jump scares and where things come out at you, you have no idea because you only see what is in your field of vision. And it's just yeah. a, it's just a fun way to be able to scare the hell out of whoever's playing.
1: Yeah, for sure. Cool, man. Definitely. I'm going to check that out myself, too. Um, so what I've been geeking out on this week, besides Spider-Man, because like you said, that did take up the majority of our time besides regular life, like working a monday through friday job you don't have a ton of time but i have been able to fit in uh, a new hbo show called the mayor of east town for those who aren't familiar with it it's um a seven issue limited series seven issue seven episode limited series i got issues on the brain i got issues man but uh <laughs> a seven episodes series on hbo i believe they are through four and uh my wife was the first one who kind of knew about the show and sent me the trailer. And I was like, okay, I'll watch it with you. It was just like as a show to watch together, but I've been super into it uh, from the beginning. And we watched uh, episodes one through four in like four consecutive days, which I usually don't do shows like that. Like I let them spread out, but I was just like, I got to see what's going on. Uh, For those who know, and those who don't without being too spoilery, it's a story that takes place in, Um, Pennsylvania like suburban Pennsylvania and so everyone's got like those kind of Philly Pennsylvania accents that you know like uh, and just something about the um, sets and the environment feels very like comforting about this show for some reason I don't know because it's like telling of a suburban it's hard to explain why it feels comforting to me I just feel like comforted (laughs) I just feel like comforted watching this show because it's just not like a big city New York chicago la thing it's like in a small town where everybody knows each other um the main character in this is portrayed by kate winslet uh her name is mayor hence hence, like the title of the show mayor of east town but she's like the sheriff and it's just fun it's a fun show man like everybody knows everybody knows each other so like and or everybody's like family so like you got people walking around like talking to her talking down to her but she's the sheriff of this town but they don't care cuz they've known each other for years so it's like f you mayor but i'm i'm like she's the sheriff shouldn't you show some respect but it's like that's just the relationship everyone has in this town uh which is cool and and the show is a murder mystery um a murder does happen in this show i won't give away who or why or like the circumstances of it but the coolest part about it is everybody they've been introducing in this show is like a straight up suspect and would have their reasons for doing it. And I love that. I love a show that gets your gets your wheels turning and makes you try to like be ahead of the show to figure out who did what. Um, And you come up with a guy, you come up with a suspect and you're like, well, this guy did it, definitely did it. And they're like, well, is this too obvious? They're making it too obvious to me. I shouldn't know by episode two. I shouldn't have this show figured out by episode two who did it. So it can't be that guy. This is like one of those kind of shows i compare it to like you know true detective for those who've seen it and even um the outsider which was on hbo with like but that had paranormal supernatural stuff involved that was like oh, a Stephen King thing but that was like a similar like whodunit police detective kind of a show and i just like those shows just that's just like my kind of thing i'm totally into uh has a lot of besides kate winslet you know guy pierce is in this i don't know the act yeah i don't know the actor's name but roy roy from the office like uh pam's boyfriend like i couldn't figure out who it was and i was like i know who that guy is who is that i was like that's roy i know roy and uh a couple other people i think gene smart is in yeah this gene as-
0: smart is and evan peters i saw him
1: oh yeah totally i forgot about evan peters man he's in this and totally a fun watch as like a young police detective who comes in to work with uh, Kate Winslet. So yeah, uh, highly recommend to those who like, like a show, like a whodunit kind of a show um, three episodes left. I, there is one tomorrow that we're going to watch live cause we don't want any spoilers at this point. Um, but yeah. So <clears throat> for those who are into that
0: kind of thing, the mayor of East town on HBO, definitely give it a watch nice nice well i think that's going to wrap us up for this week uh next week we might actually this time come back with some zombie talk we'll see we're going to discuss it a little earlier in the week we need to watch something but i definitely want to try to at least get something in there of army of the dead and i might watch Zack snyder's dawn of the dead this week as well just as a personal just kind of freshen myself up on Zack snyder and zombie movies and i do remember liking that movie and i actually have it sitting over there so that should be a doable one, but no no promises, because I think we said we were gonna do zombies. No promise.
1: We 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 were gonna do zombies this week, but we flip-flopped on you. So uh don't you got take our, yeah. Don't take don't take our word for it, but zombie episode is coming. We both do want to watch Army of the Dead, so you can bet we'll be talking about it.
0: Absolutely. But so like I said, Nick, make sure to hit us up on Twitter over at uh raised a geek, throw us a follow. It really helps us out. And if you have any questions, definitely want to talk to us about, talk some trash about our Spider-Man list, shoot us an email over at raisedageek at gmail.com. But until next time, I'm Chris. And I'm Don. And thanks for listening to the Raised a Geek podcast. Where we all speak geek.